Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back, and today is actually, because Julie and I hadn't stuck to our original plan of getting this done in five days, today is technically day three, but I know we're on day four, so just bear with us, and we are sticking to our notes. Some of you are very particular about us making sure that the podcast matches the notes in the show descriptions. Bear with us a little bit on some of these series um, that we write. We will come up with fresh ideas while we're talking, and we feel... um, obligated to inject that into the content. So if we don't stick to our um, show descriptions and all the notes that we put in there, uh, please forgive us and understand that we are doing our best to provide you guys the best possible podcast. So this technically is your third year that we're presenting on the fourth day of this plan. (laughs) Yes, but keep in mind that your notes will work sequentially, so you'll be fine. And also that's how you know it's a live show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So we created this podcast series, just as a reminder. It is the Real Estate Agent's five-year plan to provide a specific, practical, and tactical plan to meet or exceed your goals in your real estate career and ultimately in your life in five years or less. Now, today's show is part three slash four. Well, but today's show is technically year three. Year three. It's a way for us to explain to them. That's a good way. It's year three, part four. So as always, thank you for keeping this uh, podcast, the number one daily podcast for real estate agents. Uh, agents and professionals. I was just showing Julie uh, the numbers. And right now for, what is this month? March? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, our birthday month. Yeah, right now we're breaking all records from all previous marches between downloads and listens. It's, it's quite extraordinary. Um, so thank you for continuing to make this number one list to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. It's always really incredible for us to look to see how many of you are listening to us around the world. Um, and it's really our pleasure and our honor. It truly is uh, to be part of your lives every day. And it encourages us to always look for new heights to take this podcast so we can help you guys at a higher level. Please remember to like and subscribe so you receive every show the second it is released. If you are on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. Please do give us a five-star review. Don't get lazy. And, you know, only click four. It doesn't take any more effort to click five. You know you want to. <laughs> you know you want to. You'll feel better at five. Four, you're going to feel uh, Five, you are going to feel fantastic. And then uh, please do write a nice little description of something you liked about the podcast. Your continued support, encouragement are greatly appreciated. We really do, really do read all your reviews and really do appreciate your continuing to make this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals. And today's show is sponsored by Red X. And here's a question for you. Are you finally ready to become a listing agent? Of course you are. Great news. This uh, podcast is sponsored by Tim and Julie Harris's favorite seller lead system. You read that correctly. This is the trusted company that will provide you the names, the addresses, the phone numbers, and homeowners who want to sell. Truly motivated seller leads. Best part, no referral fees. You can tell Julie and I wrote this ad. (laughs) What are you waiting for? Go there now to become a a member. Just text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. Text the word RED, R-E-D, to 47372. And when you do, we will text you back a link. You click the link, then you'll be taken to a microsite, and then you will automatically be given a $150 discount just for Harris Podcast listeners and, of course, coaching clients as well. This is the exact same system that Julie and I used when we sold real estate back in the 90s. 
Um, when all of you become coaching clients, when you say, I'm ready to become a proactive lead generator, you're following our five-year plan, you're in year one and you're choosing which spokes you're going to add first, you're going to say, I'm going to choose uh, you know, expires, I'm going to uh, absentee owners, I'm going to notice defaults, whatever it's going to be. Where do I get that information is the next question you'll ask. And Julie and I are going to tell you Red X. So go ahead and get a jump on it and just text the word RED to 47372. And when you do, like I said, you'll be sent back a link Click the link and you'll be given a $150 discount. And this is the same system that Julie and I used when we sold real estate. And remember, message and data rates may apply. All right, so now we are in year three. This was supposed to be day three, but you know, this is year three, day four. So don't be confused. And again, if you want to listen to the past podcasts leading up to year three, it, that of course was going, it's easily found on our website, timandjulieharris.com, iTunes, Stitcher. If you're on iTunes, which is the easiest way to listen to podcasts for sure. Well, Spotify's gotten a lot better too. Um, everything's going to appear in the show, like uh, in a sequential order on the day. So if you want to go back, list the first one and then list the second one, listen to the, three, the third one, it's, it's obvious how to do it. So don't be overly confused um, because our notes might not match up. And I am, again, being sensitive to that because I appreciate the fact that a lot of you like to use this podcast in your office training, in your team training. A lot of you are using this podcast, obviously, for your own training. Um, and just this is important you understand this. I know you guys like our podcast and the content we present, but this is just training. And this is training in this kind of, I mean, honestly, this is just surface level training comparatively to the coaching program. The coaching program that we offer is completely on a different level. If you like what you're getting on the podcast, you won't believe when you become a coaching client. Just wanted to throw that out there. So here we are in year number three, Julie Harris. Yes. So for example, point number one, we're going to have seven points today. Continue to build on your first two years. Now, amazingly, you are now a veteran agent. Not quite a grizzled veteran yet, but you're definitely a veteran agent by the time you hit year three successfully. You have more experience, more confidence, and more skill. This is the year of consistency and predictability. So guess what? You get to do a new real estate treasure map. Now, again, this is the difference. We're exposing you to the fact that you need an actual real estate treasure map. This is your business and life plan. When you're in our coaching, you have a lot of drilling down on that with a coach who's asking you specific questions about your you know, goals and five areas of life, for example. So the treasure map is free and all you have to do is text the word Harris, our last name, to 47372. And like always, we'll send you a link. You click the link and then you can download the real estate treasure map. This is something you want to print out and get completed right Right away it works it's the foundation of really our coaching program as well so text the word harris our last name to 47372 and remember message and data rates may apply and like julie said if you become a coaching member not only are you going to get the treasure map but you're going to have videos that are going to help you explain explain to you how that you know julie and i did they're going to walk you through how to complete it um, and the philosophy behind uh, the whole treasure map itself and you're also going to have access to one of our coaches our harris certified coaches if you want to also learn um you know even more and uh, deep dive more into the treasure map the way you can become a coaching member, for those of you who are asking in your heads, just text the word PREMIER to 47372, and that'll take you right to our checkout page. Text the word PREMIER to 47372. Um, but the very, very basic thing you should do is get the treasure map. I'm sorry if I'm confusing you, but just this is a lot of free stuff for you guys. Just text the word Harris to 47372 for the treasure map. And for those of you who are ready to become coaching members, text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. All right, let's not do any more ads. Point number two. Point number two. 
doing what you don't want to do when you don't want to do it at the highest level now is paying off more predictably because you've honed your skills by year three. Do not allow boredom or repetition to wreck your momentum. That's perhaps one of the most important points for year three. This is what you've been working towards. We call it cruising altitude. Remember the jet taking off analogy from previous podcasts. Your success is increasing, but will be less obvious because your net worth is increasing in the background in a non-flashy way. You and I talked about this when we wrote this. Uh, This is really a critical point to the whole um, philosophy behind building a business that you know, when Julie says non-flashy way, which is sort of inferring there is don't think that your success is predicated on being famous. So if you have to choose between being rich and being famous, and let's, you know, let's break down these words so we can really understand what it means. And you cannot choose both. You have to choose being rich or famous. Which will you choose? This is a very, very interesting psychological question for all of you. And I'll tell you, it's interesting that you will answer it differently depending on your age. The younger you are, the more you're going to be inclined to say famous. You want to know how I know? Look at TikTok. Look at Instagram. Look at basically anybody who's really 35 or maybe 30 or less. They want to have uh, recognition. Their egos, their makeups, their you know operating systems are absolutely positively looking for constant recognition, feedback that they're okay, that they're going to make it, that the world accepts them, those types of things. They're looking for recognition. It's a recognition-based business. Now, if you don't push past that, which is an ego process, by the way, the older you get, the less likelihood you are ever to accumulate any wealth. Because very rarely does the quest for fame and the quest for riches go uh, hand in hand, like never. You want proof? No problem. Warren Buffett did not become the Warren Buffett we all know today until he was in his 60s. And you did not even know who he was unless you happened to be an investor until he was in his 60s because he did not try to be famous until he was the world's uh, wealthiest man. And even then, the world found him. He didn't find the world. And Charlie Munger, his uh, partner, says something really critical about this, a quote which I love, which uh, hopefully I get mostly right. Don't try to be famous. Try to make the work you get for uh, the the work product you do for other people famous. In other words, don't try to make yourself uh, famous. Try to make the results you get for other people famous. This flies in conflict with the whole Instagram social networking, you know, influencer mindset that most think most younger people especially think that they have to adapt to in order to be successful. That's all mostly a big lie. And you guys got to open your eyes to the fact that most of what you see online in the influencer realm is fake. They're faking being successful. They're faking being day traders. They're faking being real estate flippers. It's just fake. They're just trying to sell you somebody else's product or trying to do some other form of affiliate marketing. And this, and really, you see this in its worst manifestations on the investor side of real estate. That's where it's gotten really gross. You know, people trying to teach agents how to, or people in general, how to wholesale and flip and all the rest of it. And they're acting like they do it for a living and they really don't. This, all this, I'll, I'll give you guys a true story. So, um, Tarek and Christina, they mm-hmm. had that um, show. I forget what it's called. They're both they're both still fairly famous. Yeah. And and Tarek was a coaching client and mm-hmm. really nice guy. Mm-hmm. He's an EXP realty. I, I mean, genuinely yeah. good person. I don't know his his ex wife, so I can't speak to her. But I'm sure she's fantastic mm-hmm. too. So when he got hired to run uh, that coach or that I'm sorry that house flipping TV show, him and his wife 
if had never flipped a house or maybe flipped one house. In other words, they had a pitch for a show and the show got picked up, but they had no previous experience flipping houses. Most, if not all of the Bravo TV stars, I'm not sure about this recent crop, but all the previous ones, some of them Julie and I had as coaching clients, they basically hired Julie and I to help them learn how to sell real estate because they got a job on a Bravo TV show and they didn't know what the hell to do. So the network came up with the idea before the agents, the agents didn't go to them with the idea. Right. They were basically asked. Julie and I have personally been solicited to be part of TV shows. Um, and, uh, you know, because we're not selling investor stuff, we've never been picked up. But the reality of it is, is that is all essentially, uh, I guess what we call real estate porn. And so when you're, when you're modeling yourself after people that are famous, thinking that you have to be famous in order to be successful, the probability of you ever being rich is about zero because you're going to spend all your money and your time and your effort on the wrong thing. Your energies are going to go towards something that's, in, in essence, egotistical and it's also fake and a lie. Where your energy should be going towards is learning how to, yes, market, but B, but also learn how to have the skills. Once you generate the lead, you have to have the skills to know what to do with that, you know, to pre-qualify them, to actually help them make a decision. And then ultimately, your mindset has to resolve around, revolve around the idea of being of service. And so that's really what we're talking about. So what Julie is talking about when she gets to the point she just read, which was point number two, is that you ultimately have to lock into the fact that if you, now we're on year three, right? For you, you've now made it to year three. You've now made it past what essentially 90% of all agents do. Most agents fail within the first 24 months. Why have you gotten here? Because you have followed our suggestion and focused on uh, being rich and not being famous. Because when you choose to be rich, the other thing that's going to go along with that is learning how to be a proactive lead generator. You're not going to you know, primarily buy your leads. When you're in year one, if you remember correctly, get your leads any way you can. You've got to have cash flow. But as you progress and you get better and you prove your skill set because you're following our five-year plan because hopefully you become a coaching client, then what you're going to start doing in year three is you're going to start accumulating money. You're going to start the first couple years, it, you're going to be in the suck. There's no two ways about it. Even most of year three, you're going to be in the suck. You're going to have to fight like hell to make sure you keep pushing the rock up the mountain and it's going to feel more work than you possibly can imagine. Everyone around you is going to think you're crazy. Everyone around you is going to say things like, stop and smell the roses. They're all going to say this stuff because you have not yet. You're the farmer who's you know plowed the fields, you've planted the seeds, you put the fertilizer, you've run the crows off. You've, you're out there every single day making sure that one day those crops are actually going to start coming up. It's not until the third year that they start to sprout. And that's the thing that most people don't ever take the time to wait to see because they give up too soon. Because everyone around them and most everyone around them has never had, frankly, the fortitude to see something through. And when you do, you will transcend and all of a sudden you're going to find yourself breathing different air. But I'll suggest to you, you do have to make a choice, especially in this world. Will you choose to be rich or will you choose to be famous? I would strongly suggest you choose to be rich because on the other side of being rich is freedom. Freedom is, and what ultimately what rich is, is where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. You want to be rich. You want to wake up in the morning having enough money coming in that you don't have to worry about having money come in, frankly. You can then do what you want to do in life. Remember, don't make your work your passion. Don't think you have to be passionate to be successful. Fuel your passions with what comes as a result of your work. And your work is what you do to be of service to other people. Are you guys putting these puzzle pieces together? It's not that complicated. Intuitively, you know what we're saying is absolutely true. Point number three, Julie. Point number three. So again, year three, 24 transactions minimum should be the goal. That'll give you at least 288,000 gross commission income. 
Now, for some of you, 24 is going to seem easily achievable at this point, especially if you didn't get off track in year one and year two. So if that's you, modify up to 36 or about 432,000 GCI, gross commission income. Now, where where it's really important that in year three, you don't just focus on the ego stuff that's going to try to pull you in. Mm -hmm. You got to form a team. You got to work on your brand. Why aren't you on Instagram? You got to start doing all this other crap. In year three, assuming you make it through the first couple of years, the what got you to the first couple of years was having a skills-based business, saving money, becoming rich, doing what you didn't want to do when you didn't want to do it at the highest level. Year three, that's when a lot of you are going to get distracted by these shiny objects. Don't do it. Because remember, every single year is supposed to compound the previous year's effort. So if you screw things up in year three, you just basically made it so that your first couple of years effort were Trashed. for naught. Exactly. Yep. That's right. So ideally about three listings sold per month, referring your buyers to buyer partners like we talked about yesterday, keeping only the best buyers for yourself. Now, point number four is interesting. And I want you to, I'm going to ask you about the conversation we had about an hour and a half ago. Yeah, but do you remember <laughs> the quote? I don't remember it. Uh, just let me do the point first. Uh, point number four, your net worth is now growing. Again, assuming you didn't screw it up along the way. Um, continue to invest in non-risky assets like an additional rental property and your relatively conservative stock portfolio. You and I were talking about when people, and in this case, agents and brokers, when they start uh, making money more predictably and they've got savings and they get their debt paid off, so their cash flow is more consistent. It's really easy to start being more speculative. So the point is, is take your risks in your business. That's your speculative end. And when you have, with your profit, be incredibly conservative. Don't take risks in your business and then take risks with what you're trying to invest. I'm going to tell you guys a funny story. This happened probably about six months ago. I'm sitting with two gentlemen that are in their 30s, and both of them are very well off here in Dorado. And uh, one, they're basically hedge fund guys, investor guys. They have these you know, varied backgrounds, very fascinating. Listen, because they're in a, a world that I wasn't that familiar with. But they started talking about raising money because both of them raised money before. That's when, for example, you have a business and you want to go out, you know, maybe some business comes to you as an, a hedge fund and now the, or an investment company. And now you have to go out and look for uh, income or money from individual investors. And they all both said the same thing. The lower the net worth somebody has, the, more, the bigger risk they're willing to take. And the richer somebody is or the larger the net worth someone has, the, the harder it is to get money out of them and the less money they're willing to put in. And I think that was very counterintuitive and interesting. And I'll tell you what the numbers they said. They said that if they run into somebody with a net worth of $5 million or less, it could be a doctor or somebody, they're going to be more willing to put in like a million dollars, not even knowing really fully what they're investing in. Whereas if they run across someone who has a net worth of $50 million, you'll have to basically fight like hell to give, get that guy to give you fifty grand. Now, what's the difference? Because the guy with a $5 million net worth, which is fantastic, don't get me wrong, probably has earned it from essentially the value of his business and his other assets. He's not yet learned how to become an investor. So he doesn't realize that what he's supposed to do is be incredibly conservative, if not more conservative with the profits that come from his business, the profits that come from his other investments and less risky. So take your risks in your business. That's what you're doing. 
You are doing something that's risky but has a great uh, reward if you do it right. When you pull the profits out of your business, be super boring and conservative. Rental properties, index funds, you know, stuff that's just no one's going to celebrate you. You know, there's no big home runs. You're not going to brag about having bought Bitcoin at this and sold it for that. You're not going to be able to go to your local, you know, play golf with your buddies and brag about your big home run. No one's going to care about the fact you made $800 this month off your rental property. You guys get it? But that's how you accumulate long-term wealth and you keep it. It's one thing to earn it. Believe it or not, it's actually easier to earn it than it is to keep it. You want proof? Most people that earn a million dollars in one year, like the percent of people that are in the whatever percent that is, that do it from two years in a row is like cut in half. People will have good liquidity events, have a good commission year, they'll have something that results in them making a million dollars. But the following year, the percent of people that actually make a million dollars two years in a row, it drops. I don't remember the exact percent, but I was shocked, like by 75% or something. Because why? Because they don't really know. It was, an, it was at a one-time event that they can't reproduce. You don't have to earn a million dollars a year to be fabulously wealthy. You just have to have large margins, profit margins. And with those profit margins, you can reinvest. Julie and I have done a bunch of different little, I would call them not that fancy studies, mm-hmm. where we studied teams and we studied brokerages. And I remember this, well, we did this uh, maybe, I don't know, five years ago, and it was fascinating. An average team uh, that, and we, this was when average sale prices were like 250 grand. Right. Just keeping all, the variables are all different. Just get the, get the overriding, arching uh, theme of what I'm saying. So a team earns a million dollars. That team leader is going to be lucky if they pull $200,000 before tax profit out of that business. And that's an efficient run business. So the team, the overall team earns a million dollars. The person, you know, the Tim or Julie or the Bob, right? They're making 200 grand before personal expenses and taxes. But if you were to take a, you know, Betty, you know, Betty and, uh, you know, uh, Steve, who basically are a mom and pop, and they're selling, let's say, 250,000. So the team earns a million and nets 200. A, a single practitioner with maybe a part-time assistant who earns 225 or 250 will net the same 200. So you explain to me why you would not want to be the person who has less uh, overhead, who has less uh, liability, who has less, you know, not running an adult daycare. You explain to me why the big model where you're selling a million or earning a million uh, is better than the one where you're earning less, assuming your focus is net. And I'll tell you the reason that people will argue against what I just said, because I hear it all the time. Mm-hmm. Well, you have to, you know, you're delegate, you're not doing, you're still doing a lot of the work when you're doing less production. Who cares? You don't think it's a lot of work to manage a bunch of people? Yeah, talk to some of these team leaders and see how unstressed they are. Exactly. Are you telling me that you think it's a better quality of life if you have somebody going on listing appointments for you, if all these rest of these things? You have more liability, more responsibility. And every time the market changes, which it does, what's going to happen is you're going to be uh, you know, stuck with all this fixed cost. And we've seen it happen. We've been through three major recessions in our coaching business in the industry, right? And what happens is the teams who've been around since really the late 80s, early 90s, this is not a new idea. They hold on to their fixed costs too long. They don't shed it fast enough. They don't know how to proactively lead generate. Their buyer's agents teams are basically a a nest full of pissed off baby birds. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't know how to proactively lead generate. And what happens is the fixed costs 
first of all, you think, well, one month, that's just an aberration. Two months, well, now it's a problem. Third month, you're remortgaging your own personal house to keep the business together. And by the fourth of the sixth month, you're not only out of business, you're probably uh, thinking about bankruptcy. Don't let this happen. You have to think like a business owner. Don't be seduced into believing that just because you've been successful in your first two years in the real estate business following this, I think, loosely knit plan, basically. Mm -hmm. But your third year, don't start going down the wrong road and ruin all the things you created. Your goal is to create net profit with the profit, reinvest it, and become rich where your money works for you and you no longer work for your money. Related to that is point number five. Do not push the easy button. It doesn't work. Don't Did you fall read that prey. One? Yes. Did you do four? Yep. Okay. Sorry. Point, that's okay. Don't fall prey to what we lovingly call the three Bs. Building your brand, buying buyer leads, or building a team. And we've talked a lot about this so far, but these things are actually unnecessary and will erode your profitability. You have proactive skills in year three, so don't make those mistakes. Those things are not actually required for you to go to year number four. Right. And if you do start thinking, because you will be seduced by a lot of people trying to tell you that, well, congratulations, Bob, you are super successful. Now you need to hire three buyer's agents. You need to hire two action coordinators. Yes, you're going to screw your net profit, but who cares? You're investing in your business and you're going to see the, pro you're going to see the benefits of the investments you made over the next two or three years, blah, blah, blah. That's all an elegant lie. Focus, yeah. Bob, if you're listening, <laughs> focus on keeping your net profits where they are, keep it, keeping those profits in play so you can invest them in conservative assets that are going to produce passive income for you so you can be rich where your money works for you and you no longer have to work for your money. Guys, I know what we're telling you is something different than what you've heard before, but doesn't it just intuitively hit you right between the eyes as being the truth? Doesn't this make it so your life is less stressful when you think about following a plan like this? Do you see how it's fewer spinning plates? There's uh, fewer threat vectors. Do you see how this is absolutely positively in alignment with the reason you got into real estate in the first place, which was to be free? That's right. So point number six, master at least four spokes now, keeping your center of influence as your foundation. We talked a lot about that yesterday, that that center of influence should be expanding and be always the foundation of your business. Those are repeat and referral clients, but also expanding into other sources. So you're going to choose some additional spokes. Those are, remember our spokes in the wheel analogy. Those are your other avenues of business. So for example, if you have until now had little or no exposure to say new construction, that's a very viable spoke for you to be learning both as a resource for buyers to you know, find inventory that's not in the MLS, but also to work with those new build reps who should be referring you their resale because they're not going to be the listing agent. Do not let the previous spokes that you have now mastered down. You have to keep doing them. Yes. Do not just say, okay, I'm going to go work with builders. Forget about the other things I've already gotten really good at. Do not make that mistake. Do not let down the previous version of yourself. You've worked to where you are. Don't stop doing what you're doing. Don't stop doing what some of you will call the, found, uh, the, the foundational fundamentals. Keep doing them because that's what's going to get you to the end zone where you're financially free. Point number seven, Julie. Yes, point number seven. Now is the time to hire perhaps a full-time assistant. Make that assistant a profit center through prospecting their center of influence and or having them do broker price opinions, BPOs. We've done podcasts about BPOs. The assistant's main job is to do everything that is not on the following list. This is your list. They're going to do everything else. 
proactive lead generation, furiously fast lead follow-up, pre-qualifying, presenting, negotiating, and closing. If it's not on that list, you need to empower them to say, I'm sorry, Bob, you need to step away from that and let me handle it. Now, do not think that you can delegate your proactive lead generation. I know all of you (laughs) love the idea that you can hire some ICA to do all the, uh, ICA? I got that right, didn't I? Or virtual assistant. Yeah, Yeah. virtual assistant. To do all the work that you don't want to do. The problem is, is you've never learned how to do it yourself. And so now you're trying to hire someone to do something for you that you actually don't know how to do yourself. And that's the most, being a proactive lead generator. So if you only can choose three things from Julie's list, here's what the three things I want you guys to consider mastering. And you can frankly not be very good at the other things. You need to be really good at proactive lead generation. You need to be really good at furiously fast lead follow-up. You need to be really good at uh, pre-qualifying. Well, I also am going to say presenting too. But the negotiating, the closing, and all the paperwork and all the stuff that goes on that supports the transaction, you can be just average at those things because you can hire someone to uh, do all that work for you, to Julie's point. Now, we did want you to use, we do want you to use a transaction coordinator in year one or two, uh, but we don't want them to be on salary so that you don't have to support their paycheck as you're getting your cash flow to be very consistent. Year three, it might happen in year two and a half. It might happen in year three and a half. That's when you can seriously hire someone full-time. And we do offer assistant training as part of the Premier Coaching Program. But again, you shouldn't be doing that uh, out of the gates because you don't have the volume to support that paycheck, right? So the difference between a transaction coordinator is they get paid, as it says, per transaction. When it closes, they get paid. If you don't have any closings this month, you don't have to pay them. Versus an assistant, even part-time or full-time, they expect a paycheck every two weeks or so, whether you're making money or not. So that's why we don't prescribe this until about year three, give or take. They can do things like getting your pre-listing packages together. They can confirm your appointments. They can do things of that nature that are important, but not necessarily something you have to be doing. They can go plant your signs. They can stuff home brochure boxes. They can do all of that support work, which is not on your list where you're leading with proactive lead generation. And if you had to choose just one thing, it would be that because the rest of it is irrelevant without it. That's right. That is the bottom line. Now I'm going to uh, leave you guys today with a, a thought. What is the product of, say, for example, your business? What is the product? What is it that you produce? What is it actually that you do all day and what is the output, the the result of your work? Now, I'm going to ask you that question. Long-time listeners, you already know what the answer is, but for the rest of you, I want you to think about that question. Some of you are going to say happy customers. Some of you are going to say sold houses. You're going to say all these other types of answers that are definitely ingredients to what the product is. The actual product that your business is supposed to produce. And if you don't produce this product in abundance, you will be out of business. Matter of fact, if you don't produce this product in abundance, you are not in business. The product that you are actually producing is sold houses, is happy customers, but really truly what it is, it's profit. And if you're not producing profit in your business, you are running a nonprofit and you will be out of business. I want you to never forget that. Please, the product of your business is profit. Don't get all wrapped up in all the emotional sort of amiable stuff that confuses you and gets you off mission as far as why you got into real estate in the first place. You got into real estate so you would be free, financially free, to spend more time on your passions, to spend more time you know, with your family, to spend more time 
doing something other than worrying or thinking about having to pay your bills. That's the beauty. That's the blessing that is real estate. But if you, you know, think about Julie's plane landing analogy, you get off a couple degrees, you're going to basically end up someplace you never intended to be. Some of you are listening to this plan and, you're, and you've been in the business forever and now you're realizing you're off by a couple degrees. Course correct. Get your butts back on in direction immediately. Rates are going to rise. There's going to be some consternation in the marketplace. Inventory is not increasing. Uh, and here's the podcast we're working on. Every single lead seller that a lot of you are addicted to are raising their fees. Every Brokerages, Compass in particular, is planning on lowering their commission splits. In other words, you making less. The profit that you're going to have to start fighting for is going to be less and less and less unless you, of course, learned how to be a proactive lead uh, generator. I strongly encourage you guys to take this seriously now before you're essentially realizing you should have listened to us a long time ago. We encourage you to uh, become a Premier Coaching member. Just remember to text the word Premier to 47372. In the meantime, guys, sincere thank you for keeping this number one listen to daily podcast for real estate professionals in at least the United States. Tomorrow, we're going to do, you ready for this? Yes. Day four, or I'm sorry, year, year four, four and five. That's right. Yep. So year four and five. Yeah. And you'll notice that there's a trend here. When we did year one and year two, there were actually more points. It was very specific. There were things like, if you don't do this, you're not going to make it to year three. Right. Once you go past, you know, about mid-year of year three, it becomes... You know, things like we talked about today, don't get distracted. Don't let boredom kill your momentum. We'll probably talk a little bit about the stages of mastery because now they're deeply into concentration slash momentum. They should be out of formulation, which is the getting ready to get started zone. So get ready to continue to take notes, but tomorrow we'll cover both year and four and five. The greatest destroyer in year three, certainly into year four and five, mm -hmm. that the greatest thing that I see agents who have huge potential is really when they allow their egos to creep Definitely. in. Definitely. Because when you follow this plan, you're going to start achieving levels of success that other people won't understand. And you're going to be getting real estate. The industry loves to give really, I think, mostly unearned recognition. You can be, I remember this happened so many times. We'll have a new agent come to us, a new coaching client, and they'll say like, I was the agent of the year last year, and but I only sold three houses in my brokerage, you know? So the industry loves to give out recognition for people that really have done the least amount of work possible. And the reason I'm telling you this is if you start becoming more and more successful when you do in real estate, you're going to get so much recognition. It's easy to be seduced by it. And that's what happens in year three. And then you start thinking, well, I need to be a coach. I need to write a book. I need to start a seminar. I need to become a YouTube thing. I need to do all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. Keep your head down. Focus on your transactions. Focus on increasing more net profit. Our goal for you and your goal for you should be by year five, or if not sooner, you are rich where your money's working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. That is what should be a unbelievably, I think, stress-relieving path forward for all of you because then you are immune to politics. You're immune to interest rates. You're immune to the, you know, whatever hijinks are going on in the world because you have produced a source of income that is no longer dependent on your labor, that is passive, and you can then be free. That is the first step of essentially, I think, what can be very transcendental. Sorry to use a woo-woo term. No, it's okay. But it's true. And we're going to be covering years four and five tomorrow. Um, again, guys, thank you for continuing to make this number one listen to podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. It's our pleasure and our honor to be in the position uh, to be um, providing so many of you with what we hope is really top tier training and along the lines of education, motivation. Now, of course, it's your job to get into action. Take action now. Have a fantastic day. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.